In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. I don't know if you witnessed it, but you may have just seen the secret act of rock, paper, scissors to read the gospel. You don't learn that until after you've taken your ordination exams. Here we see the disciples gathered with Jesus. He is lifted up, and two angels appear and ask them, why are you looking up to heaven? Jesus has been taken up, and now it's time to focus on what's here in front of us. The disciples have witnessed Jesus' crucifixion. They have seen his resurrection. Now, this passage pokes holes in theories that this whole story may be made up or cooked up, as it were. After all, why would someone make this story up, especially when it makes them look so terrible? The disciples have seen all of the things, and they still say to Jesus, okay, now, now you're going to do it, right? You're going you're gonna to do what we're, we want you to do. After seeing all the things Jesus told them were going to happen, they still believe that Jesus came to be an earthly king, that he was going to get Pontius Pilate out of there and become the king of Israel, and ultimately kick all of the Romans out, and maybe he would be the new Jewish Caesar and restore Israel to its rightful place in the kingdom. They are thinking of earthly things. And they still think that even after witnessing the crucifixion, even after witnessing the resurrection, after seeing all of those things, they still say, okay, here we go. Now you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel. They still don't get it. And what Jesus says is, no, actually you're going to wait here. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this is a different kind of kingdom that he is presenting them. It's a different kind of project than they expected. Now, we as humans tend to want God to fix our problems and make the earth and the world around us look the way that we want it to. And often we want to use human political structures to do that. Now, when they say, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to be a king sitting on a throne? Are you going to be a president in a presidential palace? And get rid of all of the people who are political enemies so that we can finally have the country we want. They have a very limited vision of just our country. They have forgotten that God is the God of all humanity. That God does not have a nationality. God does not have a country Jesus makes this clear when he says, basically, your mission 
is to go to the ends of the earth because all people are made by God and in God's image and need to hear this message. We, too, have a very small view of God. We want God to make our house the best house on the block. And Jesus says, no, that is not the point. You have a mission. And God's mission is not to make our lives perfect as much as we would like it to be so. Our mission is to follow what God says and to take this message of grace and forgiveness to the ends of the earth. This message is still actively going to the ends of the earth, and it is still for us today. Now, here's the beautiful thing about this triune Godhead. Jesus leaves. He's not a micromanaging, anxious leader who needs to be in control of everything and is afraid to delegate. Jesus leaves. He's happy to put things in the hands of other people, namely his disciples, who have not necessarily proven themselves to be that great or, frankly, that capable. He is so non-anxious that he says, you know what, I'm going to go. You guys got this. He gives leadership to human beings who are not always the best. It's like wanting to make a cake with your toddler. You know it's going to get super messy. But you realize that the point is not to have the perfect cake or to have your, your kitchen counters clean and f not have flour all over the floor. You want to do something with your toddler and share in that experience and let them get messy and get involved. Jesus leaves, gives us some power, and lets us help make the cake. He doesn't stay on earth to make sure everyone's doing it right. He goes to heaven so he can truly be for all people in all times and in all places. Now on to this amazing section of Peter's epistle letter. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Not very comforting start. I recently heard a story of a priest in New York City who, during the pandemic, went into a small restaurant that he frequented. He walked in. They had just reopened during the pandemic. He was noticing that the menu had been very, very scaled down, and he was stopped by the owner. And the owner said, please pray for us, Reverend. I don't think we're going to make it. They were suffering deeply, and they were uncertain about the future. Well, this passage from Peter's letter was written to people who weren't sure that they were going to make it. 
that church was under a lot of pressure. I mean, after all, they thought that the return of Jesus would be, well, soon, relatively soon. But that's not what happened. What happened is people started to die. Time is extending and extending. Rome is starting to crack down on them. They don't think they're going to make it. Now, one of the things that you can take out of this passage is to don't be surprised if Christianity is not a band-aid for all of your problems. Don't be surprised by suffering and anxiety. Don't be surprised when it feels like the water begins to rise. In one way, Peter is telling them, enjoy this, rejoice in it. Here's some good news. I think on one level, that while suffering catches us off guard, it never catches God off guard. While suffering catches us off guard, it's not catching God off guard. Because God is in control of all of it. The truth is, God has a plan. He not only maintains our mountaintop experiences, He also maintains and helps us grow in the valleys of the shadow of death. So while you may be thinking you won't make it, yes, you will. Because your current issues are not meaningless. Your situation is not the act of a capricious God who is aloof and has forgotten you. No, you will make it because God is at work in this moment. He's carrying you through. He has a plan. Like in the book of Acts, it may not look as you had hoped. But he's using this situation to grow and stretch you and draw you closer on ever more dependence on him. For the record, I do not want to be stretched. Remember who God is. Anne Lamott talks about walking through the Christian life, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And she said, God doesn't have another shoe. He didn't bring you this far to drop you on your head now. My friends, remember who cares for you. Remember God is in control. Amen.